Welcome to Notes from Your Acupuncturist, the podcast for anyone who's interested in acupuncture, complementary medicine, holistic health, and self-care. I'm your host, Alexa Bradley-Halsey. If you enjoy this show, you can help other people discover it by leaving a rating or a review, by following or subscribing on your favorite podcast listening app, or simply by telling someone about it. And if you'd like to support this show financially, you can become a paid subscriber on Substack for just a few dollars a month. Just head over to Substack.com and search Notes from Your Acupuncturist, or click the link in the show notes. And one more thing before we get started, just a disclaimer that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a replacement for medical care from a qualified healthcare provider. Okay, on with the show. My guest today is Dr. Natalie Kilheny. She's been practicing acupuncture for 10 years and is the owner of Beyond Zen Studio in Granger, Indiana. Beyond Zen is a multidisciplinary wellness studio with 35 employees providing acupuncture, herbs, functional medicine, yoga, Pilates, massage, specialty holistic workshops, and a retail boutique. Dr. Natalie has earned both master's and doctoral degrees in acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine and has additional certification and specialization in five-element functional medicine with a focus on women's health and fertility. She also teaches Qigong workshops and is part of a shaman group. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's such an honor. I'm so grateful to be here, Alexa. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me. You obviously love to learn, and I'm so curious to hear more about your journey, so I'm really glad you're here. Thank you. So today's episode is about acupuncture, but we're also going to talk about the business of providing acupuncture. We're going to talk about mindset, and we're going to talk about some of my favorite topics, which are self-care and self-love. And we'll probably get into some other topics too. I can't wait. So you're the founder and owner of a busy multidisciplinary clinic, which means that patients come to you, come to your space, not only for acupuncture, but obviously all kinds of other services too. And I'm really curious to hear more about this because this is kind of the opposite of how I practice. At my clinic, we really just focus on acupuncture. We do some Chinese herbs as well, but our primary service is acupuncture. And so if a patient is interested in getting another service, um, we refer them out. So your practice really offers a wide range of services. So did you, do you, did you always know that you wanted to practice in this way in a multidisciplinary clinic? Well, what we do at Beyond Zen Studio is we give patients and clients a well-rounded array of options to get to the same source. And mm. I got to give it up to my team members. I mean, they're all just amazing and super passionate about each craft that they offer. And we do offer you know, a multi-disciplinary approach. That's correct. Everything we do has intention and purpose filled with a lot of love and care. One of my favorite quotes uh, from Thich Nhat Hanh um, is that sitting is only one part of Zen. The practice of Zen is to eat, breathe, cook, carry water, and scrub the toilet to infuse every act, body, speech, and mind with mindfulness, to illuminate every leaf, every pebble, every heap of garbage, every path that leads our minds to return home. So essentially, 
we are leading people back to their innate nature, their divine light, which then facilitates their healing journey. And we do wow. that through, yeah, we do that through the many modalities we offer through yoga, mindfulness, meditation, the ability to breathe into your body and connect to that inner source light, Pilates with strengthening and toning and massage, really getting the issues and the tissues, as they say. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are sitting at desks and are, are just stagnant. And there's a lot of pain that's created, you know, in the body. And then of course, through my acupuncture practice, I practice the full enchilada the full gamut say <laughs> so i do everything from moxa cupping guasha uh functional medicine acupuncture you know anything that is a tool in our toolbox we're going to provide that for you that that quote from tiknot han i mean that sounds like it was the inspiration for your practice really yeah it's just it's just about being intentional and um purposeful and um in everything that you you do. So you you mentioned your team, and it sounds like you have an amazing team of practitioners working with you. So how how did you find the people that you work with? How did you find these people to bring in and, and join you and and catch this vision that you have? Yeah, you know, I started my practice in a in a one room um, clinic, and really, when you put your light out there, and, and this is a calling. I feel like acupuncture is a calling when you, when you have the courage to follow that and come from your heart, I, I think the people start to find you and gravitate towards that mm. same mindset and they share the same type of vision and purpose alongside of you. Yeah, that's beautiful. I want to hear more about your patients too. So do most of your patients take advantage of the many services that you offer? They do. So we are the go-to place in our area and, and we're in Indiana. So, so we've kind of been like the trailblazers for, you, you know, yoga and acupuncture and really educating people on the, on the benefits. So someone might start with one modality and then realize, you know what, I'm going to, I need help here. So I'm going to meander into this modality and they all kind of synergize and, and work with one another. So we find mm -hmm. that our, our patients do a multiple array of services that we offer. Mm -hmm. So sort of one thing gets them in the door and then they start to feel better and start to explore the other services that you have. Exactly. Exactly. Have you had to do a lot of, of education to your community about the benefits of acupuncture and the other services that you provide? Absolutely. I mean, I've seen the acupuncture profession grow, especially in the last 10 years, becoming more mainstream, especially in the media, which has, you know, helped uh, bring awareness to the benefits. But, you know, moving back to Indiana, which is, you know, that I grew up in Southwest Michigan, which is just, you know, right up the street from my clinic. Um, I've had to do a lot of educated educating because people don't know the value per se of alternative medicine, why it's important um, that there's alternatives other than drugs and surgeries and that it works. And how do you, um, how do you help patients to, to navigate all of those choices that you have? So say, say somebody comes in with 
with back pain. That's something that we acupuncturists treat all the time. And they come in and they're like, I want to do everything. I'll do whatever I can to make this back pain go away. <laughs> we hear that. Um, so do you, do you help patients? Do you sort of throw everything at the wall at once? Or do you sort of gradually introduce practices one by one? Or do you kind of judge what the patient needs and go at their pace? Yeah, sort of, sort of all of the above. If, if somebody's coming in for acupuncture per se, they, they might have done a little bit of research online and um, maybe they have realized that it's helpful for pain management. As an acupuncturist, pain is probably one of the more popular reasons why a patient comes to you in the first place. Mm -hmm. But when you walk through our doors, I mean, we sit down with you and really kind of grasp where you're at, what your goals are. And and try to see what, what is a good fit for you. So everybody's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. When a patient comes in, an, a new patient, do they have a consultation with you? Sort of like, what's that? Walk us through that journey of someone coming into your clinic. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I do have a team of front desk uh, people that will chat with you and get a good sense of, you know, where you're at on your healing journey and what's a good fit. I do also offer 15 minute consultations, which are free of charge. So a patient can come in and sit down with me and discuss their health concerns and their goals and how to move forward with that treatment plan. Yeah. So it sounds like it's really customized towards the patient's goals and, and what their needs are. Exactly. Yeah. That's one of the things that I love so much about Chinese medicine. It's just, it's not a, a one size fits all treatment. Every, we see every patient is different. Everybody has different needs. Everyone's chi is flowing a little differently. And so we don't just do the same thing to every patient every time. Yeah. Exactly. And even in Chinese medical school, we, we learn a lot there in books and that's the thing you gain with experience if, treating patients is, is exactly that, that mm -hmm. everybody's different. Everybody responds differently. And that's part of the medicine. Yeah. It's part of the beauty of it. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes patients will ask me like, oh, are you going to just do the same points every time? Or do you do the same points on everybody? Or if I see another practitioner, are they going to do the same points? I'm like, we've got hundreds of points to choose from. <laughs> you are not going to get the same points as everybody else. <laughs> Exactly. So your your studio is obviously very busy. You've got a huge team. You offer tons of services. And you yourself treat 80 to 100 patients a week. So how do you balance business ownership with patient care? Yeah, it's, it's really important. I mean, I'm very passionate. Uh, this is my calling. So for me, it's not necessarily work. It's it's what I love to do is serving my community and, and helping people and really transforming lives and empowering others on their healing journey. But self-care, I mean, becomes a really important component in that whole mix. If you're not filling your own cup up first, you can't give to other people. So you do have to balance that with your own sense of what brings you joy and uh, do things for yourself. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned self-care because we're going to talk more about that later because it's so important. And and I talk to 
patients about self-care a lot, but as practitioners, we also have to practice self-care too. So I'm the, we'll, we'll get back, we'll circle back to self-care in a little while because it's a really important topic. So you, you obviously have a really successful practice. It's just so exciting to see. Uh, so what are some of the keys to your success? Well, I think being a heart-driven leader, uh, leading with love and integrity and respect for others is an important key factor. And also helping your team grow by empowering them in their skills is a key factor. I think remembering the mission and purpose of why you're even doing this in the first place and connecting to that and revisiting that Mm -hmm. is uh, super important as a leader. And then finally, just having a clear mind and a centered core, because Mm. along this journey, you're going to inevitably face obstacles and challenges and roadblocks and Mm-hmm. You have to learn to adapt and pivot and change. And you can't be afraid of that. Like you have to be comfortable in the unknown and be able to step outside the box. I think as humans, we generally don't love change. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. But that's where all the magic and growth happens. If you look at nature and just mm. a plant that, or even a tree that, that becomes a tree. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it goes through all kinds of chaos and struggle just to reach the sunlight. Right, right. And there are times when the tree seems to even die, you know, in the winter when the leaves fall off and it's dormant and it's just brown and branches and and no leaves. It seems like it's in this period of, of not doing anything when actually there's a lot going on with that tree. We just can't see it. Exactly. And I feel like our bodies work in a similar way from a clinical standpoint. We are nature Mm -hmm. in human form. And that's another thing that I love about Chinese medicine is that it's based on observation of the natural world. We, we look around and see what's happening in nature and then we see it, we see it reflected in the body and then we treat the body accordingly. And um, that's why it's so powerful, because it's aligned with the natural rhythms of the universe. Absolutely. Each of these keys that you described, I I want to dive into each of them, because I feel like there's so much gold there. And and this this is great advice, not just for acupuncturists who are building their practices, although it is great advice for acupuncturists building their practices, but also this is just good life advice for anyone and anyone struggling. So um, I want to get into each of these a little bit more. So let's go back to the first one, which is you said you're heart-centered and you come from a place of love. Have you always lived your life that way or is that something you've had to to cultivate and practice? Absolutely not. You know, (laughs) growing up, I was a highly sensitive person. And if you know anything about, about that, the intensity of your environment is turned up Mm. so you become sensitive to everybody else like emotions and uh it can be quite intense and so i had to learn ways on how to 
not allow that outside noise or projections, judgments, what other people think, um, not mm. infiltrate my, my being and, and allow that to define who I am. And um, I think that's important because we're not necessarily taught, taught that and we internalize that and that can cause a lot of negative yes. patterns to arise in our, our being. And for me, I had to learn, I had to learn how to love myself. Um, I didn't, I didn't do that. Um, I didn't really know ways of doing that. Maybe I didn't think I was worthy or deserving of that love. And I think in society, like we, we, we're not shown that. Right. We're not. I, and so it's so interesting to me then that you decided to become an acupuncturist and that this is your calling because you interact with other people's energy all day, every day. And so how do you, how do you do that effectively while at the same time making sure that all of that doesn't become overwhelming for you emotionally or energetically? Exactly. And that is, I think, a part of the healer's path, mm. right? Because we tend to take on the energy of others. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about creating healthy boundaries mm -hmm. and um, knowing that that person is where they are on their journey. And you can't do it for them. They have to right. do it for themselves, right. but you're kind of there to coach them along and, and help them along the path, but you're not to pick up that energy, which is not yours in the first yes. place. That's a lesson that I have learned over and over again, and probably will continue to learn as an acupuncturist, is that the patient's on their own journey, and it's not my job to force anything. It's not my job to bring about an outcome that I think that they need, because they it might not truly be what they need. That's me projecting what I want for the patient, but the patient's on their own journey. That's exactly correct. And they, they have to want it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the, the concept of like the butterfly, mm -hmm. like in the cocoon when it's a caterpillar, like you can't take that caterpillar out of the cocoon before it's ready or it, it dies. Right. It's got to learn how to, to come out of that and become the butterfly. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Um, the second key to success you mentioned was empowering your team, right? And um, supporting them to do so that they can do their best. Yeah, well, you, you know, like this is a collective effort and you can't do everything on your on your own. And the more you empower others and give them confidence, the more you grow within your team because they're they're able to kind of take it in their own way from their perspective to their clients. And I think as business owners, we tend to just want to do everything ourselves. Um, so I think that can be a real challenge to take a step back and let others do things in their own way and and empower them to do that. So I'm wondering, like, was that a difficult lesson for you to learn or did someone, did someone do that for you? Did someone empower you? And is that how you learned how to do it? Or was it more just um, 
make a bunch of mistakes and learn from that? <laughs> uh, you know, probably a little <laughs> bit of both. I mean, <laughs> you, you, as a business owner, you're ultimately going to make mistakes and uh, fall down, and but you get back up and failure is just a lesson to teach you what doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, that's so true. Was there someone who, who did that for you? Who, sh who modeled that for you? Who showed, who empowered you and, and showed you how to do that for others? Yeah, I think I've had some, you know, I think mentors along, on, along the way. I mean, I think everyone should have people that you look up to that can teach you kind of the path. Maybe they've been down it before you or, um, I learned from, you know, different people along the way that have helped me as well. So the third, your third key to success, you said is, is having a clear mind and having a clear vision. Is that right? Yeah. You, you have to be able to have clarity for your vision. You have to know exactly what it is you you want to manifest because our thoughts are very powerful yes. you know it's like what are you creating are you coming from a place of fear because fear is always going to be there especially as a business owner thank as... you for saying that because you know we get messages <laughs> like oh fear has no place here and you shouldn't have any fear <laughs> but you're right it's always going to be there yeah, so you got to learn how to transform the fear and be consciously aware of your thoughts. Like, are you coming from a place of love or are you coming from a face, place of fear? I've learned along the way that no decision is a good decision if you're making it from a place of fear. You're going to ultimately create the very thing you don't want to create because universe will sort of set that up in a way where it'll teach you that lesson over and yep. over again until you finally yeah. get it. So you want to make sure that, you know, you're coming from that core sense of self. Mm -hmm. There's so many obstacles. And I mean, if you look at the outside world, there's so many things that are going to take you off of that mm -hmm. every single mm -hmm. day. Yeah. And I feel like, Having having a clear head and having a core sense of self are so hard sometimes. So, what advice do you have for people who maybe think I I, w I wish I had a clear head and I don't, and I wish I had a core sense of self, and sometimes I don't even know who I am. Like what? I, obviously, there's no quick advice for that. But um, where w where would you steer people who are struggling with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, having the courage to explore and try new things and put yourself out there, even when you feel like you you can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an ongoing process. Like it, it never really, there's no ending. There's no getting there. It's, it's, it's ongoing and it's always changing right. too. Like we're never the same that we were, you know, years ago. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about mindset because you say that mindset is really important. It's really the number one thing that you need to cultivate. Um, so why is mindset so important? So maintaining a healthy mindset can be challenging for everybody. We carry patterns that we have been taught, maybe even inherited when we were younger. 
And it's about unraveling the patterns that we've been functioning in some cases our whole lives. Mm -hmm. We oftentimes are more comfortable in the pain that we know than in the effort it takes to make it better. That's so true. I think people tend to get stuck or remain stagnant. They fear change. Sometimes even in our clinics, our patients can attach themselves to a diagnosis or a state of being or define themselves by that very, very thing, uh, becoming the victim. And that can be challenging to change Mm -hmm. and overcome. Mm -hmm. And so I think how you break, start to break the pattern is, is through your mindset and being consciously aware of the thoughts and the stories Mm. that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because again, you know, our thoughts create reality, creates our lives. A lot of times I know, and I struggled with this too, is going into the abyss type of, of thinking. Mm. And what that does is it, it can wreak havoc on your nervous system and put it into overdrive, almost like we're being chased by a tiger. And then, you know, we're anxious, we're restless, we can't sleep. It affects our organ systems at a deep level and can result in scattered energy. Mm -hmm. And in Chinese medicine, it affects the Shen. Shen meaning, you know, spirit, which again, resides in the heart. Yeah. So I, I would love to talk about the Shen a little more, but first I want to, I want to back up a little bit and talk about a little more about mindset because you talk about cultivating mindset. And so I think of that as an action and not just a way of thinking when you cultivate, you're putting intention into something. And it sounds like, it sounds like you're saying that awareness is really the first step. Yeah. Step one. (laughs) So what advice do you have for people who are like in that step one phase of just becoming aware of their mindset? Well, I think it, it goes back to the idea that we're all imperfect. Mm -hmm. Like don't beat yourself up if you don't get it the Mm -hmm. first time or, you know, you're, you find yourself back in that pattern. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, like journaling Mm -hmm. really helps. Mm -hmm um, journaling your thoughts and, and then kind of writing maybe affirmations of, of the opposite. Mm -hmm. Like if you tell yourself, like, I'm not enough or I'm overweight Mm -hmm. or why can't I lose this weight? Or I'm always anxious Mm -hmm. or, you know, start to flip the script and, and tell yourself the opposite. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love all the parts Mm -hmm. of myself. I am enough. Yes. I am worthy of love. Yes. And I would imagine that that in the beginning, it's maybe challenging to to believe that, but just go with it is what you're saying, right? Yeah. um, I think over time, you you start to believe it. Yeah. So so you mentioned journaling for cultivating awareness, affirmations for sort of starting to flip that script. Um, what other practices do you recommend for cultivating mindset? So, well, well, me personally, I'll do things like if I'm feeling stressed, I'll start to just dance in my living I room. I love that. I love that. <laughs> because movement 
moves chi it moves your mm-hmm. energy so that's going to shift your mindset automatically yes. so something as simple as that mm-hmm. i mean anything creative a creative outlet mm-hmm is whether it's art or writing or music are really good tools mm-hmm. to start. Yeah. And I think, I think it's helpful if it's something fun and enjoyable. If painting is fun for you, great. It, painting would not be fun for me because I would get so frustrated that <laughs> whatever I'm painting does not look like how I want it to look. But if it's enjoyable for you, great. I, I would be more of the dancing around the house kind of mindset person. <laughs> I think I think about my patients too, and a, a lot of my patients struggle with chronic pain or ongoing health issues. I'm sure it's the same with your patients as well. And so I imagine that for some people, it can be a struggle to stay positive, to stay optimistic, to stay hopeful. So what advice do you have for people who might be struggling to maintain that mindset of, of hope and optimism and healing. Stay the course, follow the treatment plan and, you know, work on the things that your practitioner is telling you to work on, whether it's diet or lifestyle or do the exercises or take the herbs. And, um, you know, it's a process. Mm -hmm. I think it's helpful too, for people to celebrate small victories and notice incremental change. Um, because as I tell patients, progress is not always in a straight line. So you may be going to feel a little bit better and then feel a little bit worse. And then you might plateau for a little while. And just trust that you're still on the right path and celebrate those small victories when you get them. And I think that can help people keep going too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned the Shen earlier. And um, it's such a fascinating topic. I feel like we could talk about the Shen for hours. But let's talk about it briefly um, because it's such an important component of what we do with acupuncture and Chinese medicine. So you mentioned that the Shen is the spirit. So I think of the Shen as sort of like the totality of our emotional, spiritual being. How do you, how do you approach treatment of of the Shen with your patients? Well, again, it's, it's different for everyone, but when the Shen is not connected to the heart, it becomes scattered and, you know, it can result in disease and disharmony and manifest in different ways for different people. But I think gaining a good sense of a grounding force in your body and, and learning to really calm down the nervous system is important for the Shen, especially because it's, it's moving erratic at Mm -hmm. that point. Yeah. And we say that if, you know, if it doesn't have a place to rest, if it doesn't have a place to rest, often insomnia is a symptom that we'll see when the Shen is scattered and disturbed. Yeah. So, um, It's learning how to create healthy patterns and through all of the things that we suggest. So I want to talk about something else you're passionate about, which is self-care and self-love. And I would love to hear more about your own self-care journey and how you have found the practices that work for you. Yeah, so... 
again, kind of going back to growing up, I, I didn't really have, um, I started to internalize a lot of like negative thoughts towards my, myself and sort of beat myself up and get over critical and, um, internalize things that weren't true about myself. So that led me to a lot of destructive patterns and, and habits that were, were not good for me, that were creating a lot of like toxicity and chaos in my life. And, and when I started acupuncture school, I found that Qigong and acupuncture really changed my life. And it allowed me little by little to really start to love myself. I mean, I think self-love, it's not selfish. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not about the ego or saying we're better than other people or, you know, you, in that sense, but it, but it's critical. Like if you're not going to love yourself, then, then who is, you know, you should be your biggest advocate because that shows other people how to love you. And also it, it creates the stage for what you ex experience. And so, you know, I had to learn these tools to be able to start doing that for myself. Yeah. One of the, one of the ways that I do that too, is just by like, I'll get up and look in the mirror in the morning and I will say things like, Natalie, you are the love of your own life. That's so nice. What a great way to start the day. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sounds silly, but. It, it really is helpful because we need that reminder, especially if you, you don't feel confident or like you're enough or, or worthy or deserving of, of love. So it's a really simple exercise that you can do to just start to cultivate yeah. that mindset within yourself. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned Qigong and I'd love to talk a little bit more about Qigong. So for for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with qigong why don't you just briefly define what it is first sure so i mean qigong is about well i call it an acupuncture treatment like doing it self like through self-care so you can tap on the meridians of the body to invigorate stagnant flow but it's also about connecting the energy centers we call them dantians in chinese medicine through the breath and, and you know allowing that energy to flow to your organ systems and and moving that through your body so it's a mind body connection and it's not really hard on your joints and your body and it really starts to center you and create awareness of your body and your mind. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love about it too. The movements are so gentle that anyone can do Qigong. Anyone at any level of ability, age, fitness, anyone, literally anyone can do Qigong. And um, it's it's not difficult to learn. And it is, I, I like that, that um, thinking about it, it's like, it's like acupuncture, but moving instead of getting needles. 
Um, now you, you got your master's degree at Yosan university, which is also where I attended acupuncture school. Was that, was your time at Yosan, was that your first exposure to Qigong or had you learned Qigong before going to Yosan? No, I started when I started at Yosan, that was my first experience with Qigong and it was life-changing. I mean, it started to shift my entire life. Uh, the people around me, the, the way I thought, um, it just started to help me heal from a deep level emotionally and spiritually that I was blown away by it. And, um, it was really cool to be around other like-minded peeps that, you know, felt the same way. That is a, that is a true testament to the power of Qigong. And that's, I think that's why, so our school, Yosan, has pretty heavy Qigong curriculum. I mean, it requires that the students take Qigong and learn Qigong the whole time that we're in school, basically, which not every acupuncture school does. And that's, I think, one of the things that sets Yosan apart because students are continually cultivating their own qi through the practice of Qigong. Yeah, I, I call it the medicine behind the medicine. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you teach, you, you teach Qigong at your clinic, correct? I do. So we'll offer on occasion workshops that I'll do sort of a Qigong type of workshop, but I'll also include acupuncture and maybe essential oils in a community type of setting uh, for the community. So, so yes. Cool. Um, you, you know, you're talking about about Qigong and the movement of it. it reminds me of uh, earlier when we were talking about the Shen and and how Qigong really helped to shift your mindset and and help with some um, you know, emotional imbalances that you had been carrying around for a long time. And I think it just it's just a real um, an example of how we have to be embodied to deal with things that aren't body centered. So things like anxiety and depression or other emotional issues, we think of those as all in our head and they're not, they're in our body too. And so body movement, body awareness, body centered practices are so important for dealing with those psychological, emotional, spiritual challenges that we're all struggling with. Absolutely. I mean, it helps you cultivate, again, that that mind-body awareness because emotions will affect your organ systems. I mean, that's a basic principle in Chinese medicine that our emotions are not separate from ourselves and they, they have a direct effect on our overall health and can be the root of why yes. something is occurring in the first place. So the more you can process that and move it and understand it and finally break free from that is, is how you start to heal. That's right. So you're obviously very big on self-care for everyone. What advice would you have for people who are maybe struggling to develop their own self-care practices? Well, I think a lot of times we'll make up excuses why, why we can't 
take care of ourselves. Like maybe we're people pleasers or we want to take care of other people. So we don't have the time to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, again, we, we, we can't fill up the cup of somebody else unless our cup is, is full. So it's pertinent. It's pertinent to balance. It's pertinent to living a healthy whole life. And if you don't make time for yourself, like who, who are you going to make time for, you know? <laughs> right. I think it's helpful to maybe unpack those excuses too. Like, why am I trying to please everyone else instead of take care of myself and what's really underneath all that and what's at the root of that? It's a good, good question to explore. Um, for your fellow practitioners of acupuncture or holistic medicine, you know, we're all, all of us who, who practice medicine and take care of patients and really just take care of others in any kind of way. We're all on our own journey of self-care and self-love. For people specifically, though, who are practitioners, do you have any specific advice for those of us who might be struggling on our journey of self-care and self-love? I mean, have confidence. You, you've been given a beautiful roadmap to the, the medicine we offer. Have mm. confidence that it's in there, that you that you know. And if you don't know, you'll learn as you go and through experience. But the fact that you're out there bringing this medicine to the public, it's, it's so important. So we have options for people um, in our medical system. And having divine confidence means you know who you are and you're okay with it. Just be you, yeah. be your authentic self. I love that. You know, if there's anything that I am taking from this conversation, it's, it's really um, that these practices are rooted in the body and they're not just, it's not just about thinking, it's about moving and doing and really living within our body and um, and also awareness is so important. That's really the first step is to just start with awareness and pay attention to what's going on inside. Exactly. So Dr. Natalie, if people want to keep up with you and continue to be inspired by you and learn from you, where can they find you? So uh, our website is www.beyondzenstudio.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram uh, and also TikTok. You can follow us at Beyond Zen Studio. And also we do have a newsletter that you can sign up for on our website uh, that comes out the first of the month. Great. And we will put links to all of that in the show notes because I'm sure that some people are going to want to keep up with you and continue to hear from you. Um, Dr. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it's it's been such a gift. Thank you. You're an inspiration and I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Notes from Your Acupuncturist. If you liked what you heard, please follow this show, leave a rating or review, or just tell someone about it. And if you want to join the conversation, you can subscribe to Notes from Your Acupuncturist on Substack, 
where you can comment, ask questions, participate in discussion threads, watch videos, and read more of my reflections on acupuncture and healing. Huge thanks, as always, to our paid subscribers for helping keep this work sustainable. You, too, can become a paid subscriber for just a few dollars a month. Just head over to substack.com and search notes from your acupuncturist or click the link in the show notes. Until next time, this is Alexa Bradley-Holsey, your acupuncturist, signing off with love and gratitude.